We'll turn this morning to Deuteronomy chapter 24 and we'll look at a few verses in that chapter just in a moment. As usual, I have a, a few things I just want to remind you of and to inform you about. There's a new movement. I was going to say movement of God, but I don't believe it's a movement of God. There's a movement coming out of Wales called Emerge Wales. Emerge Wales, and I want to warn you about it. It is simply regurgitated Toronto and Todd Bentley all rolled into one. And probably a lot worse. And here is a description of the team in their own words. Joanne Gravel is one of a kind. She carries an explosive anointing of joy, ecstasy and revelation. After years of following and honouring the ministry of Rodney Howard Brown, he was famous as being God's bartender, she is Holy Ghost lush full of the new wine of heaven. For years she has been pickled in a revelation of the gospel. Typical Toronto expressions. Phil and Sarah Smith are part of a new generation of wildfire prophets rising in England. Living in Sheffield, Phil and Sarah want to see a broken people on the margins of society changed by Jesus' love. Very commendable. Phil carries a strong ability to open up people to their prophetic destiny, especially moving in power on the streets. Jane Schroeder, Schroederer, funny name, is a new mystic, joyful prayer warrior and a Holy Ghost lightning rod from Liverpool. I don't see that expression in scripture, people being Holy Ghost lightning rods, but she is one. Jane has travelled all over the country as part of the Emerge team and is now regularly seen whacking, whacking the masses at our events, sometimes in a nun's costume. Yeah, she's nuts. These are their own words of this. So beware of, of this movement, Emerge Wales. One of the links is to a guy, a couple called John and Lily Crowder. And uh, really, don't bother looking up that guy. It's, it's so weird. A number of critiques of the ministry of the Crowders are found on uh, www.apologeticsindex.org or www.apprising.org Be on your guard. We need to be on our guard against these new things that are starting up all over the place. Beware of Emerge Wales. Being on our guard, uh, there was another interesting thing, the Roman Catholic Church and the last days. That's under that heading. I just want to remind you of something here. Uh, in the light of the fact that the Roman Catholic calendar, uh, catechism says that Allah will judge the world on the last day, here's a bit from the Catholic net. Our Lady and Islam, heaven's 
peace plan. <clears throat> Followers of Islam are known as Muslims, also Moors, Turks and Muslims. And just as Jews and Christians believe, they believe in only one God. So that's getting over the little fact that the Roman Catholic Catechism says that God or Allah will judge at the last day. And just as Jews and Christians, they believe in only one God. Yet, over the centuries, Muslims have engaged in tremendous wars with Christians and Jews. It would seem that there is little hope for peace. However, heaven's peace plan involving Our Lady is evidenced at Fatima, Portugal, as well as other places around the world. I'll just give you an abridged uh, example of what it says on this particular website. It is a fact that Muslims from various nations, especially from the Middle East, make so many pilgrimages to Our Lady of Fatima, a shrine in Portugal, that Portuguese officials have expressed concern. The combination of an Islamic name and Islamic devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary is a great attraction to Muslims. Fatima I think was the name of Muhammad's uh, daughter. God is writing with crooked lines, but he's writing straight, as we will see. Fatima is a part of heaven's peace plan. It is hope for the world. In the Quran, our Blessed Mother is described as virgin, ever virgin. The Islamic belief in the virginity of Mary puts to shame the heretical beliefs of those who call themselves Christian while denying the perpetual virginity of Mary. Make no mistake about it, there is a very special relationship between the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Muslims. Then it goes on later on to say, and with that we are back to Fatima, Portugal, where Our Lady when asked her name said, I am the Lady of the Rosary. At Fatima, Our Lady taught us to pray the Rosary every day. Heaven presented its peace plan at Fatima and truly gave us hope for the world. Conversions were promised at Fatima, the conversion of sinners, the conversion of Russia, and what also appears to be the conversion of Islam. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Amazing. So, that uh, was just interesting in relation to the Virgin Mary. Going on to something completely different, here's just ten points, brief facts on the Israeli conflict. First one. Israel became a nation in 1312 BC, 2,000 years before the rise of Islam. 2. Since the Jewish conquest in 1272 BC, the Jews have had dominion over the land for 1,000 years with a continuous presence in the land for the past 3,300 years. <coughs> 
3. Jerusalem has been the Jewish capital for over three centuries, but it has never been the capital of any Arab or Muslim entity. 4. Jerusalem is mentioned 700 times in the Jewish Holy Scriptures, but it is not mentioned once in the Quran. <coughs> 5. Jews pray facing Jerusalem. Muslims pray with their backs toward Jerusalem. 6. Arab refugees were intentionally not integrated into the Arab lands to which they fled despite the vast Arab testimony territory. Out of the 100 million refugees since World War II, theirs is the only refugee group in the world that has never been integrated into their own people's lands. 7. The Jewish refugees were forced to flee from Arab lands due to Arab brutality, persecution and pogroms. 8. The Arabs are represented by eight separate nations, not including the Palestinians, who aren't a nation. There is only one Jewish nation. The Arab nations initiated five wars and lost. Israel defeated each time and won. Nine, the PLO charters, the PLO's charter, that's the Palestinian Liberation Organization, charter still calls for the destruction of the state of Israel. Ten, of the 690 United Nations General Assembly resolutions voted on before 1990, 429 were directed against Israel. Israel 429 against out of 690. But the United Nations was silent while the Jordanians destroyed 58 Jerusalem synagogues, systematically desecrated the ancient Jewish cemetery on the Mount of Olives, and enforced an apartheid-like policy of preventing Jews from visiting the Temple Mount and the Western Wall. That was before 1990. So there we are. Just some interesting facts that we need to know when we read our newspapers. <coughs> Let's turn to Deuteronomy 24. And we'll read just the first four verses. And we come to very interesting verses here. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favour in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness in her then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it to her in her hand and send her out of his house and when she's departed out of his house she may go and be another man's wife and if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement and giveth it in her hand and sendeth her out of his house or if the latter husband die which took her to be his wife her former husband which set her aside may not take her again to be his wife after that she is defiled for that is an abomination before the Lord 
and thou shalt not cause the land to sin which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance put away divorce the whole question of divorce and its consequences are constantly before us in the news in our newspapers um, with the people we come in contact with day by day you know 30 or 40 years ago it wasn't the same it was beginning to increase but even in the last 20 years but there wasn't the same flood of broken marriages 20, 30, 40 years ago and sadly divorce has now permeated the Christian churches we just had a case in Northern Ireland which we were concerned about recently and the church uh, the, the chap got married again and he's now back in the church where his wife attends with his new wife it's all very strange we commented a few weeks ago when we looked at verses 21 to 23 in chapter 23 and it says it was about making a vow to the Lord when thou shalt make a vow unto the Lord thy God thou shalt not slack to pay it and it goes on to say uh, that which is gone out of thy mouth thou shalt keep and perform marriage most marriage vows are made before God even in the secular world but as most people do not follow God and his ways and they, 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 they're completely foreign to the ways of God they foolishly believe foolishly believe that vows made before him can be uh, broken with impunity it's not the same morality around as there used to be someday they will be held accountable to the God who instituted marriage as the way in which men and women should live and have families Ephesians 5.31 it says for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh the whole wonderful mystery of Christ and the church is explained so that we can understand it through the example of the marriage of a man and a woman the picture of human love and relationships was just a poor shadow of the love which Christ has for the church of which he is the head as the man is the head of the woman in marriage you see divorce of course was never on God's agenda for marriage Malachi 2.16 in the NASB it says very clearly for I hate divorce says the Lord the God of Israel if we turn to Matthew 5 and verses 31 and 32 Matthew 5 31 to 32 
Jesus here sets out the reason for divorce and remarriage as a commentary on the passage which we're looking at in Deuteronomy 24. Verse 31. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saying, saving, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. This is Jesus' commentary on the passage we're looking at. If we turn over to Matthew 19, Matthew 19, there's further commentary on, on this subject of divorce by our Lord. The Pharisees had come, they're always trying to trip him up. Remember the woman caught in adultery, they say she should be stoned and all. They're always trying to find ways in which they could trick Jesus into giving the wrong answer. Matthew 19 verse 3 The Pharisees also came unto him tempting him, testing him trying to catch him out and saying unto him Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered Jesus answered and said unto them Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. God looks at them as, as if they are one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Oh, but they came back at him. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And Jesus came back again and said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. This was God, of course, allowing Moses to change things, acting, acting in, in, in government. We, we looked at this earlier in Deuteronomy. I think it was about uh, the ninth CD we did. God Acting in Government, I think it's called. And if you want to look that up, refresh your mind. God acts at times in government, which to us appears sometimes as if it's been altered, his ideas, or it's very cruel. What uh, we, we looked at in that particular passage about families and women and children where we were wiped out by the Israelites in war situations. You see, God saw 
through Moses that the people's hearts have been hardened. And Moses saw the probable difficulty with the people that if they did not allow divorce of some kind things would be difficult. The people were willing he could see to disobey God so he introduced a reason for a bill of divorcement to be issued. It wasn't the heart of God to permit divorce. God says, I hate divorce. But he permitted this change in order to enable Moses and people after to have a reason to put away their wives. Interesting, we, ha- we come across this quite often in arguments with people. Why did God permit all these children and women? What about the Holocaust? And we can only answer it from our point of view. Look at Ezekiel 29. Here's an interesting few verses. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, caused his army to serve a great service against Tyrus. Every head was made bald and every shoulder was peeled, yet had he no wages, nor his army, for Tyrus, for the service that he had served against it. Didn't benefit him. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will give the land of Egypt unto Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take her multitude, and take her spoil, and take her prey, and it shall be the wages for his army. I have given him the land of Egypt for his labor, wherewith he served against it, because they wrought for me, saith the Lord God. That's interesting. They were doing this on behalf of God. God in government was permitting this to take place. We should say, but that's not right. Look at Romans 9. Verse O man, who art thou that thou repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay? Of the same lump to make one vessel unto honour and another unto dishonour. God hath made the world. He made all things within the world. Shall he not have the right to do what he will? You're not your own. God acting in government. We must be very sure that we do not criticize or seek to criticize 
what God does throughout the world as he acts in government as well as when he acts in love and concern for each one of us. But look at that CD. We go into a little, little bit more fully, I think, in that. But getting back to divorce, Paul in 1 Corinthians elaborates more fully on this whole subject. You don't have time to go into this whole subject. It would take a long time to look into all the details of divorce. However, there are certain things we can learn from this passage other than as to how they apply to us as individuals. We're all aware, presumably, that the relationship of Christ to the church is as a bridegroom and a bride. Lovely picture. And as we saw, it's uh, the, the, the picture of man and wife uh, is an example of this in our human relationships. But you know, Israel is pictured as being the wife of Jehovah. Jeremiah 31 and verse 31 Behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. He wanted that wonderful relationship with Israel. Israel and Judah splits them up there. But with the, the Jewish nation, I wanted to be a husband to them. But they broke it off. And as we know, Israel strayed away from God. Therefore God says in Isaiah 50, verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement? Whom I have put away, whom I have divorced. Of which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves. And for your transgressions is your mother divorced, put away. Jeremiah 3 verse 6 The Lord also said unto me in the days of Josiah the king Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She is gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree and there hath played the harlot. Committing adultery and I said after she had done these things turn thou unto me but she returned not and her treacherous sister Judah saw it and I saw when for all the causes whereby blacksliding Israel committed adultery I had divorced her put her away 
and given her a bill of divorce, yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. Israel was divorced and sent into captivity. But Judah watching, seeing what God had done in divorcing Israel, she just went on and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And yet for all this her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole heart, but feignedly, saith the Lord. The Lord saith unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north, and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord. And I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. God had divorced her, he'd put her away. But yes, in mercy he was saying, come back, come back. There was grace in his heart for wayward Israel and Judah although he permitted Israel and Judah both to be put away to be divorced there was and is always a thought of recovery in the heart of God and as we read through the various prophets Hosea Ezekiel and so on we see how God always sought his wayward people to return to him. Look at Isaiah 54. This is a lovely, a lovely passage. I'm going to read quite a bit of it. Sing, O barren, thou that did not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles. A a prophecy of, of the Gentiles going to be brought in. And make the desolate cities to be inhabited. And this is it. Verses 4 to 10. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth. 
When thou wast refused, saith the Lord, for a small moment I have forsaken thee. For a small moment I have forsaken thee. But with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment. He put them away. He allowed them to be taken into captivity. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah shall no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. God was always there trying to get these wayward people back, back again to him. And he promises that someday it will all uh, take place. Read in Hosea chapter 2 the first verses speak of waywardness and adultery but God was still there in grace look at 14 of chapter 2 therefore behold I will allure thee and bring her allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her and I will give her vineyards from thence and the valley of acre for a door of hope Oh, the Valley of Achan, or the Valley of Acre, was to the Israelites a disaster when they were coming through the land. It was there that Achan disobeyed God and Israel sinned. But here, the Valley of Acre was going to be a door of hope. And she shall sing there, as in the days of her youth, and in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be at that day, said the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi. And shall call me no more uh, Baali. For I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth. And they shall no more be remembered by their name. In that day I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the fields and the fowls of heaven. And with the creeping things of the ground. And I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth. And I will make them... To lie down safely. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness. And in judgment. And in loving kindness. And in mercies. And I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. And thou shalt know the Lord. Those who had been completely unfaithful. Were going to betroth unto God in faithfulness. And it shall come to pass in that day. I will hear, saith the Lord. I will hear the heavens and they shall hear the earth. And the earth shall hear the corn and the wine and the oil. And they shall hear Jezreel. And I will sow her unto me in the earth. And I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. 
and I will say to them which were not my people thou art my people and they shall say thou art my God what a wonderful picture of a, a, a wife who had been divorced being brought back in mercy and in love in that relationship with God and you know this applies to us if we go to Revelation and the letters to the churches chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation God in his dealings with those seven churches was always there saying come back come back you've been you've done this you've done that remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the things that you did at the start time and again he pleads he pleads that they repent and return to him and even in the church of Laodicea that church which he was ready to spit out of his mouth he says behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me I will spew you out of my mouth but behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne he that hath a near to hear what the spirit saith unto the churches behold I will spit you out of my mouth no behold I stand at the door and knock if any man God's mercy is forever sure what a gracious God we have we may stray away and grieve him in so many ways but God still says Adam where art thou Adam where art thou Jesus says come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy my burden is light David when he had strayed away from God when he had sinned Psalm 51 verse 16 for thou delightest not sacrifice else would I give it thou delightest not in burnt offering the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart O God thou wilt not despise God is waiting for those who have wandered and strayed away who have been divorced from him to come back if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we, we, we had that hymn we repeated it a few Sundays ago I've wandered far away from God Lord I'm coming home the paths of sin too long I've trod Lord I'm coming home coming home coming home Lord I'm coming home open wide thine arms of love Lord I'm coming home I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply 
stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Christ, my Saviour, lifted me. Now safe am I. All my heart to him I give, ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service too. To him belongs. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me.